1: Minus
2: 21 L's. L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L 21 L's.
0: So, you guys ready to go? I'm ready to go, man. Also, Arsenal are losing. So, by the time this finishes, <laughs> Might have to do some arsenal slander.
1: Oh no. <laughs> no, 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 they're gonna turn around, man. Trust me. Uh, what's going on everybody? This is Talking Satches Podcast. I am Daniel Look. I am that boy, the
0: call Double H Hop Hope. And with us we have Friend of the Podcast back for the second
2: time. He can introduce himself as hello, I am Paul of the Rank cars Thank you very much for having me back on the show. No man, it's a deep pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure is ours. So, people can find Paul where? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at UTD Rankcast. That's probably the best place to get me. And if you like listening to Manchester United chat, then uh, just search your podcast provider for Rankcast.
1: Um, follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. Send us your questions or your queries on your Twitter for next week's episode. Um, iTunes as well. Follow the podcast on the iTunes. Rate us as well. Show, Give us reviews. And it only takes one click, share this podcast, share it on your Twitter, share it on your Facebook, share, 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 share. So, Double H, you have, in the seven days that we have, you know, been apart, you've added a horseman. I think I've got to pretty much explain to people what the horsemen are. So we know we have, you know, amazing players, top players, legends of all time, but there are very exceptional, special players who, in their own way, revolutionized the game. So these are the kind of players who I call the horsemen, who were unlike any other player, who really specifically changed the game of, of football individually. So the four horsemen before the fifth one were Ronaldo, Maradona, Zidane, and Pele, based on their impact on the, on the game, which was greater than any other individual player. And the other horseman that I added this week was Franz Beckenbauer, Because of how he revolutionized what it's meant to be a defender and how to play like a defender, his achievements of winning um, the World Cup as a player, winning the World Cup as a manager, as well as winning numerous other titles both as a player and a manager. And this is one of those few players who really excelled both on the pitch and excelled in the dugout. So that's why he became the fifth horseman. Why is Bekebao the first defender? Are you saying that he's the best defender ever? Um, Not necessarily. It's about the kind of defender he was. Because I mean, it's for me. It's very hard to say who who the best defender is. Like same thing as like it's very hard for me to say who the best central midfielder is. It's just it's, it's too hard. Like I I can't say who it is. But he stands out from other the defenders based on how he evolved the position. As in his ball control, how he brought the ball out. As in he was Matt Hummels before Matt Hummels. He was Bonucci before Bon Bonucci. You know as in there were no other defenders who really did the position like he did it. So after he, he, he did that, a lot of players who felt that they were good on the ball had the confidence to say, wait a minute, yeah, I know I can defend, but seeing what Beckenbauer did, I feel that I can actually bring the ball up, actually add to the midfield based on how Beckenbauer was the first to do it so successfully. So who's sixth? Oh, no, oh, no. well, look, that's going to take maybe another two, three years before I put another <laughs> I've got a nomination for sixth
2: horseman, and and I know this is going to cause immediate controversy because he doesn't meet the the first requirement of the horseman. But uh, it's, to me, if you're having uh, players who fundamentally defined the modern game of football and you don't have Johan Cruyff in that pantheon, Mm. especially given that you kind of cite Beckenbauer's managerial career as a key part of why he's one of the one of those guys like Cruyff changed the game as a player and a manager um and of course he didn't win a world cup but he did get to two world cup finals with a country that's never you know a country with an incredible football history but a country that's never won the world cup that
0: was uh, also my other point double h is that like the the world cup medal is incredibly stringent and exclusive to like what five six seven countries Obviously it's it's your criteria. I'm sorry. I'm mm. getting lost in this Crystal Palace Arsenal game. I need to turn it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, as a regular <laughs> listener, this is like this is a, a joyful
1: moment to experience this live. <laughs> no, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a no, look man, I mean come on, you have to man. You know, you, you have to um do some simultaneous engineering.
2: <laughs> I've I've not got I've got not got the Arsenal game on because there's no way I can podcast and watch football at the same time. Well, yeah, like if you
0: like, I was stuttering trying to figure out what my point was. I'm like, they been what's been taken onside or offside? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, so the World Cup criteria, like, why not World Cup and Champions League
1: medal or Euro medal? Or I, I mean, I understand what people say about that, but for me, it's I can't. I, I literally I can't bodge from that's what requirements like understand about the importance of the champions and everything but you cannot be a horseman without a walk of metal that is <laughs> you see it's really vital. interesting because
2: my the number one thing that has me like pulling my headphones out going no when I listen to this show is uh, the use of the World Cup as a yardstick for players like um the, the debate about the relative merits of players when you when you say, like, okay, well, how many goals did he score in World Cups or whatever? Or in this case, like, he has to win the World Cup to be one of the horsemen. And the World Cup is so arbitrary. Like, you have to be born in the right country to win a World Cup. It's, a, it's an accident. It's so much accident of fate to whether you get to shine at World Cups or not. And, and also, like, it's a, it's a knockout tournament. You know, there, there's, they're inherently uh, kind of really luck-intensive and short-termist compared to football which is played out over like year long seasons where you know almost always the best team wins the league not almost always does the best team win the world cup to me the world cup is almost like especially now especially anything after like maybe 1990 or so the world cup is like a an addendum to a brilliant career rather than a defining point in a brilliant career and and also like to that kind of cup competition randomness
0: it's going to 48 teams now <laughs> so so let's say you, let's say Messi for instance like he, he, he I don't think he'll ever play in a 48 team World Cup but let's just suppose his career fell in line with the 48 World Cup you're gonna put Argentina into that random world of more teams and, and more kind of hecticness to happen in that one month one and a half month period so it's very possible that the best footballers past what is it 2036 or something like that They're not going to have a chance to play in finals just based on the randomness of um, having, you know, basically half the world or quarter of it um, in the World Cup. If Messi
1: won, would you make him a horseman? Like, if he won in Russia, you'd make him one? Oh, no, 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 for sure. Like, I've always said this, that all Messi needs is that World Cup medal. If he wins a World Cup medal 100%, he's straight in. Like, no debate. Same thing with Robin. Like, if they win a World Cup medal for 100%, Cristiano, eh, not 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 so, so much. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's say suppose Messi gets a World Cup medal, but mm. he doesn't play in the final, and Gonzalo Higuain and Angel Di Maria do much of the work. Oh no, 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 no. Then, then no, no, no. That doesn't cut. You you have to be having instrumental. Like all the all the, the, the so horsemen... having a World Cup medal wouldn't be good enough. He has to be a key, vital yes. cog in Argentina's wheel. Like all all the horsemen were all key. In the in the in the World Cup wins, they were all they were all they all played a very key role. So, again, I just think the World Cup members. I think you should expand it, but you know, it's
0: not my terminology. I saw in like one of the comment sections like you should have the twelve disciples or something.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> go to Mount Rushmore, but there's only four, and that gets really tricky. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't even
0: agree with the presidents on Mount.
2: <laughs> no, they're terrible. It's just terrible. Totally <laughs> arbitrary presidents.
0: Anyway, oh, uh, two of them. Kinda. How Roosevelt? Well, Roosevelt got on there just because he did parks, and it's in a park, I think. But you know. Uh So we have a United writer on, who you can find on Bleacher Report, by the way. And yeah. what you max it? Where else? Yeah. Where else can people find your your music? As-
2: the written stuff is mostly Bleacher Report and UMAXIT. I do a monthly column for Republic of Mancunia as well. Uh, the Bleacher Report stuff nowadays tends to be uh, slideshows and stuff. The uh, the in-depth reporting is gone, sadly, from that brief. That was fun while it lasted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the UMAXIT column is like a bi-weekly column. I do stuff on Full Time Devils, the YouTube channel as well. What, what happened to uh, the puppets? uh they're coming back they I'm um, in the same room as the puppets right now uh The puppets sadly got cancelled, uh, but they've got an independent offer to come back and I will do it it's just uh, it's kind of getting the motivation to do it um when I don't have a fortnightly deadline It's easily the most ridiculous thing a human's ever done
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I asked Carl like what we should probably talk about today in um, the fir- I think one of the first things he wrote was about Luke Shaw. Um, right. Mm,
1: yes, yes. And I, sure I, I wanted to
0: talk about this last week, but I just forgot. Um, so I'm glad for we sure, can, can sure, talk about sure. it this week with Paul. Do you guys have any idea what Mourinho's up to?
2: <laughs> He's uh, trying to make Luke Shaw pass the weird Jose Mourinho trial by fire. If I don't very destroy you,
1: then you're strong enough to <laughs> be one of mine. My thing is this is that it's about character. People who play football manager or challenge manager will actually know this. Because basically, there's like a thing that you can do in the games where you can criticize a player publicly or privately. And depending on the character of the player, it will have either a positive or an adverse effect if you do it privately or publicly. If players with a strong character, like Cristiano, say what you read about Cristiano, he's got a very strong character. Mm -hmm. If he was to be criticized in public, that is the best thing to motivate him to actually play well on the pitch. But players who don't have that strong a character, criticizing them publicly rather than privately will have an adverse effect on them. What Mourinho has done is going to have an adverse effect on Luke Shaw because he doesn't have the strength of character that other players would have. So this is a very bad managerial move by Mourinho. The thing about that is I
2: I would instinctively uh, broadly agree Like I think, we talked about this on our podcast, Alex Ferguson, of all the many incredible things that Alex Ferguson could do, the thing that is kind of the most impressive to me, given his age, his background, all those sorts of things, was a continually adapt his man management style to uh to fit the needs of the player in front of him. Now Mourinho has obviously no interest in doing that. You're you're with him or you're against him. You're in the boat or you're out of the boat. And Luke Shaw spent a lot of this season out of the boat. The first public oh, criticism no! Oh no. What's happened? <laughs>
1: Goodbye. no <laughs> Goodbye something bad had happened. Karen, Karen, Paul Karen.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> Um, so the the thing about like he played with my brain and his legs came after he'd been asked this question in the pre match press conference, which was like asked about Luke Shaw and he he said who. And then the, the guy said, sure. And he went, well, look, he's miles behind Damian Young, Blint in terms of dedication professionalism. Yeah. And he was talking about uh, the attitude. And, you know, this is kind of rumor stuff, but the rumors about Luke Shaw's behavior don't speak very well of the player this season. And actually, when he has been given a chance by Mourinho, he hasn't even nearly lived up to it. Those initial comments, I was prepared to kind of write them off as a sort of almost like a last chance saloon, Mourinho's last role of the die. Because he's kind of hinted a bit of stuff about Shaw, but he's never been, he's never scored him in public like that. But then the 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 his my brain and his legs seemed to seem to step too far. But but Luke Shaw's best game of the season by a mile so far was against Sunderland. Like that was easily, easily Shaw's best performance under Mourinho. His How best hard is it to have a good game against Sunderland, Paul? Uh, yeah. If you you look at Luke Shaw, he didn't have that same good game against Bournemouth, who didn't provide any of the same level of threat. And specifically what I'm talking about is a kind of willingness to attack the ball and create in the final third. So this isn't about like, oh, a good game against bad opposition. This is him making brave decisions and bold decisions, which he hasn't been doing all season. Like he's hardly gambled, which... To be fair, the last time he really gambled attackingly on a football pitch, he lost a year of his career and, you know, suffered a terrible, terrible injury. Because that was that was him being his kind of best self that got him injured. There's one moment against Sunderland where he broke to the byline and knocked the ball in. And it was it was proper vintage Luke Shaw. Mm. So so do we think Mourinho, because I don't know if any of us have intimate
0: knowledge of what goes on. Inside Manchester United's training ground or what have you. Do we think Mourinho's already tried the kind of soft approach and he's like, okay, the guy, he's not responding to this. So maybe I
2: have to go with the nuclear option. It's not like he went straight to that. You know, there was a, there was a, a season worth of kind of stuff going on behind the scenes, presumably.
0: Hmm. Like, I, like I, I would think Mourinho's Mar- been at this long enough to kind of read a player and pick like what he might respond to or what might work well given a particular player. Um, obviously, Mourinho has his favorites, and you can look at, I think over the past four years, he brought back Eto, he's brought back but he's brought back Zlatan, he's brought back particular kinds of, like his players, so to speak, yes. of guys who have this intestinal fortitude, I think people like to say, where you, he, he doesn't need to motivate them, they motivate themselves. Um, so he does have his particular kind of Mourinho player, that you know they get branded as such, but I don't think people give Mourinho's man management with kind of those temperamental arm-on-the-shoulder players. Like he he does relatively well with those guys, I think.
1: Um, I mean, I've not seen a lot of evidence I mean, of that. You I mean, I mean, know, like, that's 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 debatable, man. It's, it's debatable. No, no, no. no basically Alex Alex Ferguson was the best man manager that I can think of. That was his main strength. Mourinho's strength isn't really is not man, man management. That's he doesn't know how to really gets the best out of an average player? Like if you give him an average player, I don't know whether he gets the best out of them. I mean, I feel like it's not even, it's not
2: even about average player or brilliant player. It's more like about a particular personality type. Like basically you just need to be like incredibly manly and then Mourinho can handle you but if you're if you have anything that is kind of not typically associated with like a macho man about you then I'm not sure Mourinho is so interested like so I don't think it's about quality I think there's plenty of of kind of players that he's lifted to you know be able to run through walls for him and kind of got got a lot out of players who might not be super gifted but it's about it's about temperament really I'm not sure he's ever got the best out of anyone who really is a kind of arm around the shoulder player
0: guys I think Crystal Palace has got a penalty. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This could be 3 0. But I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> oh, I feel for troops.
0: <laughs> it's a penalty. Double H don't ruin this for me.
2: Monday night football has ruined talking tactics.
0: <laughs> oh, he made it. 3 ah, 0.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, okay, look, come I in, look. This, this is just. Uh, this is a great result for United, in, by the way. Wait, wait, oh, wait! But, is, wait, but Paul, let me ask you though: is that she was watching an interview with Gary Neville, and he feels that Luke Shaw is the best left back that United have, and he feels that like he can actually be an amazing player in the future. Do so they actually feel he's got the potential to be like a world class left back? Because I don't, uh, I don't think he, he, he does. Oh, well, he
2: definitely does! Like world no... class. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, last time I was on this podcast, we spent 25 minutes arguing about the precise definition of world class. But yes, yes, absolutely. He can be a kind of best-in-class attacking left-back who can cover that whole flank on his own. Um, yeah, for sure. You know what? Him being English
0: makes this worse, doesn't it? Because Jose is going to have to talk with the English media, who are going to be quite interested in the future of this potentially great left-back which it makes anything he does with Luke Shaw, I think, a bit more heightened. Like, what are you doing with our prized left back? You really I... want us to trust Danny
2: Rose. Like... <laughs> Danny Rose is good, though, isn't he? He's, he is actually good. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's played very well. But the, the, um, I don't know. The, the thing about that is the, the Martial story had a very similar tone when, when, they were there, when they were having troubles. So there was the same kind of attention on that. I think fundamentally, uh, the press pack care more about Manchester United than England because it generates more clicks. Um, so, I watched this
0: Zlatan documentary the other day. I've been watching a lot of football documentaries lately. Just whatever's on Netflix, whatever I can find, find an air quote, <laughs> because I, I am 100% legal. And um, it's called Becoming Zlatan. And I was curious, has he always been this way? Kind of like the kind of arrogant... Um, full of himself guy. And the answer is yes. <laughs> From Malmo, Ajax, Juventus. He's been that, that that kind of macho player that you mentioned before that Mourinho could handle probably. And I remember it, it might have been when you first came uh, on the podcast or maybe a little bit before. We had this conversation about how many goals could Latan score, right? Oh, uh, yes. And I, yeah. I, I don't think anyone at that point was particularly sure how many goals he would score. But I look back from basically where he started and where he is now, and I think he has 28 goals this season?
2: Yep, he has exactly 28 goals this the season. The fact that I doubted yeah, him... What's about 17 Premier League goals. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the fact that I doubted him at the beginning, I kind of feel embarrassed about it. And because <laughs> maybe I just wasn't educationally sound on the, on the topic of, of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But I guess my question to Paul is, do you want him back next year? And do you think he can get the same level of production
2: basically over the next 12 to 13 months that he's given you this season? I mean, the answer to the second question, I'm going to answer the second question first. And I think the answer to the second question is yes, which is ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I don't see any reason at all why his rate of goal scoring would slow down because I don't think he's one year away from his body giving out on him. By And there's nothing about his kind of physical presence that makes it look like that. Well, just to
0: interject quickly, the, the thing about Zlatan is a, a normal player that's 35 might have the, the what's a good word then? <laughs> but just basically he might slow down just because he's old, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end, like Zlatan's never going to shrink. <laughs> like he, he's, he's always going to be six foot five. So at the worst case, he's just a better Peter Crouch in a way. yeah Yeah. uh and and that kind of so like there's there's always that and if you watch him from like he's he's never like taxed his body in a way he's always played within himself reserving his energy for those quick bursts um that he that he can give you you know in a minute like like what he did against Sunderland where he just one touch quick burst of energy and you get a goal like that's never gonna go like he'll be able to do that when he's
2: 45 I'm sure Yes. And that's, you know, when you compare his playing style to Wayne Rooney's, you can see why only one of them looks like they're coming towards the physical end of their career. Because, you know, Ibrahimovic has been conserving his energy since he was, you know, in his mid-20s or whatever. And and like the, the goal scoring stat about his career before and after the age of 30 is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, you know, he's he's scored more goals since he turned thirty than he did before he turned thirty. That's not human. It's not. It's not a normal
1: <laughs> thing. Like he, he, he got himself from um, Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We one. We one quick thing. Does that, that? I believe that when we had the podcast and we're debating about whether he would be able to score these goals, I think the thing to the, the, the thing to say where we thought he wouldn't be able to do it was because of the speed of the Premier League. But well, then, when you think about Ibrahimovic's playing style and the fact that he's a very clever player and it's about himself getting in good positions, then we then thought that, no, the speed doesn't matter. It's about his movement. But the thing is, I think that the Man
2: United don't really play in the same Premier League that everyone else plays in. Because, uh, like, everyone almost, I mean, apart from the good teams in the Premier League, like, not, uh, this doesn't involve the teams above United in the division, but Almost everyone below United in the league has come to Old Trafford and sat in two banks of four. so the this idea of the kind of pace of the Premier League just hasn't really applied to United season because mm. of the style because it's been it's proven so effective to kind of nullify United. Uh, for the last two seasons, by just kind of being well-organized and defensive, you'll probably get a draw at Old Trafford. So so that that kind of speed issue hasn't really been a factor. But it, Which brings me to the kind of first question you asked, Daniel, which is would we keep him for another season? Which is, I genuinely don't know what the right answer to that question is. Because on one hand, it feels completely ridiculous to say, yes, we'd gladly get rid of a player who's gonna have a 30-goal season, and important goals and a huge variety of goals. But on the other hand, you know, I I did this full-time Devils preview of a game earlier this week and I, you know in The Simpsons when Homer Simpson says alcohol is the cause of and solution to all life's problems. This is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he's the cause of and solution to all Man United's problems. Because we've needed him time after time after time to bail United out of difficult situations. But also, there's something about the fact that he drops so deep so often, mm, yes. and the fact that he can't get on the end of counter attacks, yes. which does cause a problem at United. So it's very strange because it's not like he doesn't contribute apart from the goals because he does. Like his build-up contribution is like quite
1: often good, although it's bad too. But wait, also, wait, Paul, there, there's an answer to that. I mean, I'll, I'll let you finish, but there is an, an, an answer to, to, to that though. But let you finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just my the last bit I was going to say is uh, the other thing that has happened is he's also missed
2: a ton of big chances. Like people have said, Pog was having a bad season, and the truth is, Pog was having a bad couple of months. But for the middle, like third of the season, Pog was just creating chance after chance after chance for
1: Ibrahimovic, and he was not taking all of them. Very quickly, just to what Paul was saying before us, to like to keep Ibra or, or not, and the whole issue about him: the issue is this. Yes, you keep Ibrahimovic because because of the goals he scores and how dependable he can be about goal scoring. The mm-hmm. issue is this: the issue is a thing called friendship. And we say, "What the hell does that mean?" Ibrahimovic and Mourinho are friends, and I believe that their friendship and their close relationship hampers Manchester United. If you're a manager and you are seeing a striker is not being effective against a particular defensive setup you bring him off because Martial and Rashford are very different from Ibrahimović. As Paul just said, as good as Ibrahimović is, he, he can't um, run onto through balls. He's not good in a counter-attack. So that is negated from you. And against teams where you can counter them, Ibrahimović is ineffective. Hence why a, a Rashford or a Martial who have the speed and the acceleration and they are, and the way that, that, that they play is conducence with having a counter-attacking system, those are the kind of plays that you should, you should play. But the issue is that Ibrahimovic doesn't get subbed off. I can't remember the last time that Ibrahimovic was subbed off well, because of he wasn't playing well. The reason that you can't remember it is because I don't
2: believe he's been subbed off once all season for reasons... I mean, literally, I don't think he's been subbed off once all season for reasons of form. Like, uh, he's ha- he hasn't been dropped um he's been rested from a couple of games and obviously he's had injuries and suspensions but um no and i don't think it's about friendship by the way i don't think it's like Mourinho's too soft on his mate i think what it comes down to is it's the problem it was the rooney problem for many years at united which is that even long after he'd passed his prime he could still do something when you really needed him to and you never knew when it was coming and ibrahimovic is a bit like that like Sunderland that goal was incredible but it came after a pretty average performance like in the lead up to that goal so you know he turns it on at a moment's notice so I can see why as a manager you don't go right he's having a bad game today I'm gonna take him off because you just never know
0: Mm.
2: like he's like what is the takes a
0: second to score a goal or something like that yeah and like that is always you know in and around scoring a goal um, and, and I do take that point that if you had a more clinical striker, not that Zlatan isn't clinical, but if he was more clinical this season, the perception on Paul Pogba would be completely different. I think he's hit That's the woodwork yeah. also like at at least, nine times, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say maybe 10 times or something like that. So if the ball hits the woodwork and goes in, or if he has a striker who's finishing the chances that he's providing, the perception on this 90 million pound player, how can you spend 90 million on this and that? It would go out the window because he would
2: have the statistical merit to back it up, and it's just largely out of his control. And, and not just Pogba, but United and Mourinho too. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the the fact that United are desperately scrambling around, hopefully, maybe, maybe getting into fourth place. Like the quality of their play, and I'm not talking about the last month. It's properly gone off a cliff. Like they've been. They've been very average for the last month or so. But for large swathes of this season, United really have been playing by far the best football they've played since Ferguson retired. Um, Obviously, that's not saying much since like. Oh, Lord.
1: it's also (laughs) David Moise again, man.
2: (laughs) Oh. He's my least favorite person in football. Um, <laughs> apart from like the bad, bad racists, David Moyes is my least favorite person in football. But anyway, um, United did have a period of genuinely good form, and Pogba was absolutely at the heart of that. And that kind of gives me some hope for next season. But I don't know. It's 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 minimal hope at this point. So you guys think you're going to get Champions League through the back door with with Europa League? I mean, it could definitely happen. Like that. I think there's a solid argument to say that United are the best team, in theory, left in the draw. But, you know, th- my confidence of United to be be their best selves, as it were, is uh, is not sky high. I mean, it kind of should happen in a way, but whether it will happen, I mean, it's a cup competition, you know. It's, I mean, a lot can happen. Okay. Would Mourinho say if we win, what is it, three more games and we win the Europa League? Or is it five? I think it's five because...
0: Yeah, yeah so if ridiculous. we have if we have five good games against Anderlecht and whoever comes out of the other side, could could that possibly be more efficient than risking
2: kind of everything in the Premiership? The thing is, there's more margin for error in the Premier League, isn't there? Because, you know, the, the possibility exists that you can not do your job and someone else doesn't do their job, and then you're still in with the chance. <laughs> Whereas the cup competition is binary. Death of the gladioli, as Louis van Gaal would say. Because I suspect, because you have elect
0: Chelsea, elect. I'm yeah. assuming that the, the team at Old Trafford for
2: the Chelsea game is going to be weakened. Well, you know, um, Double H was talking about Mourinho's friendship with Ibrahimovic. I wonder whether personal issues will mean it's very difficult for Mourinho to feel the weakened side against Chelsea. Kind of like, this is my former team. I want to beat
1: them. That's going to play a factor oh, no, no, in playing a I don't, I mean, I don't know. Chelsea, come on. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, but in a away with Mourinho. He loves playing mind games that whatever happens, even if they lose, he'll find, try and find a way of saying that, well, we, we did have you know games that we had to do, blah, blah. We're not, you know, the whole fixture congestion. But deep down, Mourinho 100% wants to, to defeat Chelsea once this season, for sure.
0: I mean, we embarrassed him 4 0. I mean,
1: oh, no, no. Listen, that, 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 that was awful. Like, remember, he said to Conte that, look, you shouldn't be celebrating was, like celebrating like, like, like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of think if I
0: know Jose the way I think I do, that he's going to put the Europa League above the Premier
2: League. A lot of it depends also, like, what the result is away at Anderlecht. Because if, if it's three nil United, not that I'm expecting it to be or anything, but if it is three nil United, then he can maybe afford to play a stronger team against Chelsea. Yeah, that's a good thought. So um
0: I wanted to play a bit of word association with you. Okay. Uh, the first thing that comes to your mind. Um uh, me, uh, who's who's going first? Me or Double H? Uh you you can go
2: first, Paul. I okay. guess you can go first. Uh Thank Mourinho. You. Bull. Well, wow, I don't know where that came from. Let me just work that out. He's kind of like a bull. He's like a bull in a china shop. He's like a an angry, powerful animal.
0: Double H, what's uh, the first thing you think of when you think we reading it? Stubborn. Stubborn. Uh, yeah,
2: stubborn as a bull. There you go. Uh, Rooney. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel bad. I feel really bad. I, do I have to tell the listeners the truth? Finished.
1: <laughs> Wasted. Right. Oh,
2: oh, oh, that's harsh. Man's won so much shiny stuff so much I'm trying yeah, to
1: start. but, but, but right. still
2: he's finished uh martial genius
0: um potential i kind of feel like wasted would fit martial
1: at the current moment oh nah, i've not given up on martial by any stretch it's not his fault that he's wasted it it's his yeah, yeah. Fault. like how can you play basically you know i've played football before and one of the worst things you can do in football is being played out of position one of the worst things that you can do is play a young player out of position. You
2: no. Martial Mar- Mar- is not out of position on the left flank. He's not. As an inside forward coming in off the left, he's not out of position. He's oh. perfectly capable of doing that. Oh, like, comfortable, if- comfortable
1: if- even. If you put yourself, Paul. How effective has Martial mm-hmm. Mar- been on the left wing? Last season, he
2: scored at least half
1: of his goals. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm the sorry, this wing. season. Just this season. How effective has he been this season on the left
2: wing? Occasionally wonderful. And... uh Sporadic when he's been
1: in and out of the team Whenever he's had a run in the team He's been good there I mean I would argue that He's very predictable Defenders find it very easy to nullify him And he keeps on cutting in on the right And once and when you don't have the kind of experience Or of that position of a Robin Who knows how to cut in <laughs> on your left foot And always bam bamboozled the, the, the defenders And manage to get a shot of him on the left foot it's very easy to defend someone. like Someone like Robin, he's mastered the art of cutting in on the left foot while not getting tackled and still getting your shot off. Martial hasn't mastered that, that, that art, so when he cuts in on his right... He it's hasn't mastered the art of being a centre forward either, though. Like, he just hasn't mastered anything yet because he's
2: young and hasn't played that much yet. Like, he would have had a very similar season, I suspect, if he'd been playing at centre forward. I mean, just, you, you can't take last season and go, oh, no, never mind about last season. Last season, he played half of his games on the left wing and scored at least half of his goals from there it was consistently a huge threat from that position. If you had to pick next season between Zlatan starting at as number
0: nine or Martial starting as number nine, you pick who, Paul? <sighs>
2: and does Martial get his jersey back? But <laughs> <laughs> um for next season I guess I'm I guess I would say I guess I'm a fundamentally I'm a long termist, so I guess I'd say Martial but um, but I have absolutely no problem with Latan starting up front and Martial starting on the left flank, like none at all. Rashford, totally different story. Rashford, not a wide attacker, but Martial, I think the number 11 suits him just fine. All right, so uh,
0: we got a question, um, and it was from Football God. I don't have my phone out at the moment, but it was basically, um, would you rather have Griezmann or Lukaku at uh, Manchester United next season? Supposing that Latin does come back, you will have Martial. Griezmann it
1: has
0: to be Griezmann, mate. Come on. Yeah, yeah. What happens? Supposing United buy
2: a big-time striker this summer, what happens with Rashford?
0: Does well, he I mean, go out on loan?
2: Like, so I ran a poll on Twitter. Bleacher Report asked me to do it, actually. Uh, it was um, who would you rather have starting at number nine for United next season, Lukaku or Ibrahimovic? And it got like more than three thousand votes. And uh, mostly from United fans, because it's people that follow me on Twitter are mostly United fans. And uh, 42% of people said Ibra and 58 said Lukaku. And I thought that was genuinely bizarre, because... Lukaku coming would mean the Rashford dream dies. Griezmann coming doesn't mean the Rashford dream dies. Griezmann coming means there's a whole bunch of complex tactical issues to solve and, and Mourinho's got to make some big decisions about personnel. I think it's terrible news for Juan Mata for starters, but um but another season of uh, of Rashford kind of developing behind Ibra, I don't think there's any problem with that. But See, Lukaku yeah. coming in is terrible news for Rashford obviously.
0: In the previous kind of segment, you said that you don't see
2: Rashford as being a wide player. No.
0: Isn't he young enough to develop into something that could play out there?
2: I think that would, unlike with Martial, I think that that would be a real waste of someone who is clearly a potentially awesome centre forward. And, and I, I, I I just don't think, it just doesn't look like a fit. I almost mm. think Rashford would be... Rashford's almost a better second striker, a better number 10 than he'd be a winger. The, 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 like... The, the, like The only time I can recall him getting a real stretch of games at center forward was when he first started, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Under Van Hall, and he was super... He was really
0: good, and he was oh. just coming into the first team, so Yeah. I kind of see your point, but I don't know. If I had to choose between Lukaku or uh, Griezmann, though, I think I'd go Lukaku. Lukaku?
1: Lukaku. I, love <laughs> <laughs> I love Lukaku. It's weird. Let's see, Lukaku's in a very strange situation. He's too good for Everton, but I don't think he works well in any other system apart from... I want the-
0: him at Chelsea, bro. I need him at Chelsea, man. He knows how to score goals, and it's pretty much that simple.
2: I feel like I would be happy for you to have him at Chelsea if it meant that Marcus Rashford was more likely to develop into Manchester United's long-term number nine.
0: Do you think that's feasible under someone like Mourinho, that he's going to take a... 18, 19 year nineteen-year-old, and make him into a world-class striker.
2: No, but Mourinho's only going to be around another two years, isn't he? Good <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to implode. <laughs> yeah, and, it, you, know,
0: you know, he's he's almost getting into siege mentality now. Yeah, it's, I was going to say he's he's activated
2: know? the season three protocol. It's not, good. It's,
0: not <laughs> good. it's worrisome when he cuts his hair. You need to look out for that.
2: Yes. <laughs> Like, I was looking at some pictures from earlier this season. He looks so good, so in control, so smart, so well put together. And then
0: wrong. Buzz cut. As soon as the buzz cut comes out, you know, like, weird quotes are going to start happening <laughs> and the lineup will change. It's true. I, I remember, like, um, he-, he cut his hair once, and, he- and the reporters asked him, like, you cut your own hair? He was like, yeah, I got a, what are they call clippers from Fernando Torres, and I cut my own hair. Like, he's cutting his own hair.
2: And he makes millions. <laughs> he did He did say when the journalist asked him about it after his most recent haircut, well, you know, some people in this room don't have a choice, but I have a choice with what to do with my hair, and I wonder if that was a dig at pet, really.
0: <laughs> what a put it past him. Um, Arsenal just lost 3-0, so.
2: <laughs> and, I just uh, realized that Man United are not sixth in the league. Yeah, you are fifth. Because your of fifth. this, we, we've clung on with, like, the force of 10 fingernails to fifth
1: place. Wenger looks so defeated, man. <laughs> yeah, because right now, United are now three points ahead of Arsenal, both on the same goal difference. He, he should have announced wow. that he was going to sign the contract last week when they won 3-0. <laughs> now
0: he has to wait again for them to win, for, for them to announce it.
1: Ozil looks distraught. Yeah, man. You know what? I think that's going to be a, a, a meme. That Ozil... <laughs> I know you guys talk about
2: Arsenal every week for ages, and I guess maybe your listeners get complain about that. I don't know. Um do. I don't get to talk about them <laughs> very often. I can't believe, I cannot believe there is a debate, a genuine debate about whether or not Arsene Wenger should keep his job. It seems to me so ridiculous that anyone would contemplate for a second Keeping him in post to postpone it's too, it's this amazing. inevitable cycle.
1: No, 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 no. It's it's amazing. It's like if fair is fair, that how do you keep your job when you're not moving a club forward? even now you have not moved a club forward for the past five, six years. Yep. Like the whole point of a manager is you have to constantly be moving forward as a team. You've got to keep on moving forward. But very quickly, guys, let's give a shout out to some Al- Aladice man. Like yeah. Crystal Palace have actually been one of the best teams to watch. They may be, fifteen, sixteen, but and Zaha, this dude, wow! As in yes. Paul, I don't know how you let this guy go, man. This dude is something <laughs> else. I didn't do it. It, wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it was <it> amazing. <laughs> do you know they also say that Zaha has the most dribbles ever in, and no, sure he has the most dribbles in in the Premier League this year, even over Hazard. Yeah. Like, they, they just said, like, he's got the most dribbles in the Premier League this season. He's such a good player. And, you know, I mean, of
2: all the reasons to be mad at David Moyes, because like, I can't, I don't even really blame him. I think it was under Van Hal that Zahar actually left, but he was, he was gone by that point, more or less. Um, Moyes is, comp- I mean, it, it, I kind of, I, I don't fully blame Moyes because he didn't have the kind of headspace to deal with to deal with it, but like such unfortunate timing. Uh, like he would have been a United, he'd have been a huge star at United if Fergie had stuck around another couple of seasons. I suspect Palace's run since they lost 4 0 to Sunderland, they then lost to Crystal Palace immediately after that. But then they beat Middlesbrough, they beat West Brom 2 0 away. That is not easy to do. Watford at home, they beat Chelsea away, ridiculous. Then they lost to Southampton and now they've beaten Arsenal 3-0. I mean, the big Sam, the decision has been proved an excellent one and it'll be a massive shock if they go down now.
0: They're still, they're just six points above relegation with a game in hand.
2: Yeah, and, and and momentum and like 20 goals better goal difference
1: than Swansea. <laughs> and Hull. True. Hull City have a minus 31 goal difference. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not okay, is it? It's just not yeah. allowed. It shouldn't be allowed.
1: And also Sunderland, 21 losses. Minus...
2: 21 L's. L, 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 21 L's. Minus 32. Flip. Sunderland have only scored in one of their last 11 fixtures. Not one or drawn or got a point in one of their last... 11 fixtures, scored a
1: goal in one of their last 11 fixtures. That's that's, that's, that's disgusting, man. Yeah. But you, know, what is, you know what's really, really interesting, though? Based on all of the goals that have scored and everything, they're only two ahead of Chelsea on goal difference. I think the defence has been better, but Chelsea haven't kept a clean sheet in, like, nine,
0: ten games. I, how Kante is ahead or winning this league with Gary Cahill... And Amazing. David Like Luis that is still one of the greatest. As for the quitter
1: at center back,
0: he's doing juju.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's one of the great mysteries of life of like how he was able to get <laughs> to this far with Cahill and Louise playing in a back three.
2: I feel like Luis Luis is genuinely a good defender in a back yeah, three. Yeah, I mean, I just he's almost guilty by association.
0: Yeah. That that people just lump David Luis in because he's been like, I don't know what they did to him at Paris, but he's so much better than he was when he left. Like if he was oh, no, she hasn't proved yet. Yeah. yeah, he was fifty mil when he left. I'm sure he's he has to be worth the same amount basically, but like justified this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> same amount, that, but not weirdly inflated by football. Yeah, right. Yeah, like um, that's, that's a really good line. Perfect description. I'm looking at this league table and I'm so mad. Like so, it makes me so sad. Twelve draws. <laughs> Twelve draws. Chelsea have only had three draws all season. We've lost less games
1: than Chelsea this season. That's amazing because I think only you and Borough have the same amounts of draws. I mean, but that's (laughs) twelve draws, man. Yeah. Only three losses. Like the people who have lost the least are both are um, Tottenham and United. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Chelsea had that what fifteen game win streak or fourteen game win streak Mm. or something like that. That's why we're ahead.
1: Arsenal are currently in sixth. 54 <laughs> points, and they've got a game in hand on Man City, two games in hand on Liverpool. You need to work. You need to rework
0: that birthright thing. I tried to tell you at the beginning <laughs> of the year that there's no way Arsenal. Well, I didn't say no way,
2: but I said Arsenal wasn't going to make top four. I feel pretty confident. Man, that. I feel like eventually, if you just abuse your birthright over and over again, it gets taken away from you. Also, True.
0: what? Why do they need to keep going to the Champions League if they're just going <laughs> to lose in the round of?
1: 16 no, every time cash, cash. It's, it's, it's called cash money no, it's, it's it's for it's for more money that's why basically do you know what paul was saying i was like how is a question whether vendor should stay it's about money it's about the owner saying that this dude hardly costing us any money is yeah. keeping us in in the top four and thus us we're basically getting this champions league money without having to actually spend that much money on the players required to get this champions League money i.e you, the whole notion of you need to invest in order to come top four in a tough league, Bengal has gone against that of keeping stuff in boards, not overspending on players, but still keeping in top four, thus getting the, the, the Champions League money each and every season. One of the things that's gonna that, that has changed the
2: landscape of football, though, is that the Champions League money isn't really important anymore. Like it, uh, 10 years yes. ago the differential between the regular top four and the rest of the division in terms of their earnings was vast. But now the Premier League TV deal is worth so much that the Champions League money is basically just icing on the cake of the big money pie. Yeah, like I, I, I read somewhere that
0: the team who gets relegated in the Premier League this year would have made more money than Juventus in, in terms of TV deal, in mm. terms of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Juventus are that's, that's like funny. the Italian champions – and basically, Sunderland will make more money.
1: <laughs> they that's should be disgusting. they should be forced to ship that it to Turin. <laughs> that know is, that, is, that is disgusting. That is actually it bizarre. is.
0: It right. is. But I mean, that's, it just shows stupid. the kind of extent of Premier League addiction around the world. I guess is a way to put it. Mm-hmm. Not getting too historical. <laughs> um, just the way the the brands marketed. I think Paul has a point that the. Champions League money isn't as vitally crucial as it might have been. I just think the Arsenal owners bought a system that hadn't failed in 15 years, and they're like, why should we touch it? Yeah. And now they're kind of stuck in this. You have a – he's basically a dictator that's just been in power way too long, and he can't see sense. He's probably – he's surrounded by yes-men because he's had 20 years to just basically remove any and everyone who's disagreed with him. So –
2: I met Robert Mugabe once. Is it? <laughs> yeah, on a, on, on a related note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How the and hell did that happen? I was at the Musasa Sun Casino Hotel in uh, Victoria Falls. I lived in Zimbabwe from 1987 to 1991. And I was on holiday with my dad. Like, I lived there with my mum, and my dad had come to visit. And so I went to the tourist spots. And uh, we got back to the hotel where we were staying, and there was like a, a line formed. And I was eleven or something at the time, and I was like looking around, "What? What's this line?" And so I stood in the line, and then there's President, as I would have called him at the time, Comrade Mugabe. You know, I was a good, I was well, well educated in the system at the time, <laughs> um, and uh, the the people next to me kind of break from the line, like I think you'd probably get shot if you did that now, but this was the 80s, so things were still a bit more relaxed then. Um, and uh, it, they kind of introduced themselves and uh, the, the, the man said, oh, this, this lady is from the Republic of Ireland, she's here for some sort of something, business something. And he just said, okay, very nice. And then he looked at me and went, is he with you? And uh, the man looked so annoyed and he was like, no. <laughs> And then Comrade uh, Mugabe started asking me questions about where I went to school. And I went to a, a state school in Harare, and his eyes lit up when oh, no, I said that, because this was before he'd gone completely crazy, you know. And uh, he says, he said, are you here on your own? And my dad starts pushing through the crowd behind me, and like sticks his hand out, goes, no, he's here with me. And then for years, my dad would tell anyone who'd listen, like, oh, my son introduced me to Robert Mugabe when I went to Zimbabwe. That's not what's happened, but this story would have been much nicer if he hadn't turned out to be, you know, a a terrible man over time.
0: I just think power makes you kind of see now, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. And that's what's happened to us in Wenger. Like, (laughs) That's where the
1: Mugabe-Wenger
0: thing comes from. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I think Carl and I had a discussion about this in one podcast or another. Something about Mugabe, Museveni,
2: and Wenger. So. One of the things I love about your show is that you're very positive about Arsenal fan TV, which, like, people are very critical and negative about that, but I, I I would be... I feel like I'd be one of those people if I was an Arsenal fan. I feel like I'd be with troops on the front lines. It's more of a pan-Africanist effort, in my opinion.
0: It's just, <laughs> like, it's owned by a black guy, so I support it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be honest. If it wasn't, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, no, 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 I am very bad. I'll just, bra- like... just keep it 100. Like... When I watched it, or I mean, when I saw this thing, like, years ago, I was like, yeah, man, a black guy doing things like, like, like this, a great idea, I've got to support it, man. So I was like, yeah, man. And this was, like, before he had met all the famous movies, like, five years ago or something. I was like, yeah, no, this is a damn good idea. And... It's, like, pretty culturally significant, isn't it, that he is black? That's, like, because he, he's not
2: just going to get a TV job, is he? Like, given how things are here.
0: I, you guys can speak to to that more than I can. I don't know, but but like when I found out that oh, it's a it's a brother that runs this. Oh, well, that's cool. How <laughs> am I supposed to support it? Like, and also like I I think he's a real supporter and comes from the area, so it's it has that twinge of authenticity that some fan channels might not have. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Champions League some big matches this week.
1: Dortmund Monaco. What you saying, Double H? God, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I did to think about this a, a lot, because, like, you know, I'm not even like it's not actually dawned on me yet, because normally I'm actually walking, I'm actually in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, but I made sure that no, look, I'm taking these three days off, man. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be in office or a cubicle when this happens. So it's like I will say two one, but I said this when the draw happened. This could be one of the best two legged. Champions League matches that we've seen in, in a long time. I mean, this has got to be one of the best quarterfinal lineups. It's the, no, no. Champions it's the together. best. No, I, th- I think it's the best. I think it's the best. Quarterfinal. For a quarterfinal draw, I think it's the best. Like Leicester yep. being in the quarterfinal, their whole story. Yeah. Yep. You have two legit finals that anyone would have accepted in yeah. Real
0: Madrid, Bayern Munich and Barca Juventus. Then you have the kind of attacking show. Of yeah. Monaco and Dortmund, and then, like you guys said, the the story, the
2: fairy tale that is Leicester City against the kind of they're, the Atletico Madrid are like fancy Leicester, aren't they? That's that's what they are.
0: Well, I was mm-hmm. no, like, if there's any team left that's kind of like a bully, it's Madrid or Atletico Madrid. So it's kind of like they they are they might have the chance to beat up on you know the kind of fairy tale story that's going on. <laughs> They're kind of like the, what's the Russian dude from Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> Drago, Ivan Drago, Drago. Drago, yeah, they seem, they seem kind of like Drago to me. Like the team
2: that, they'll, they'll just ruin your fairy tale. Um, so I've got a question for you both. What percentage of the best players in Europe under the age of 23 are playing in that Mon- Monaco Borussia game? That's That's got to be um, one of the most impressive collections of young talent ever to face off.
1: In a, oh in a yeah, champion, I mean, I mean, Mbapp, Silva, um, Bakayoko, three already. I give you three, man. Dembélé for Dortmund and Emery, em, em, Moore, Pulisic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew, that's, that's, that's a very good point. That's a very good point, yeah. Are
0: there any
2: defenders of note though? <laughs> Are there any defenders at all <laughs> in those games? What do we think about Juventus Barcelona? Is that is it, I mean, I guess home win, right? Juventus are gonna are gonna take a lead to the new camp and then probably get it
1: overturned there. Well, well, si- no, no no wait. Since the miracle, yeah, thank you. Since the miracle at the new camp, even if Juventus win twelve <laughs> zero it doesn't it it it, it 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 doesn't matter. Like I told you, ever since the miracle at the new camp, Juve can win 12-0. Anything can happen at the new camp. So the first half the, the first leg is a is irrelevant. Okay. Don't you guys
0: kinda of feel like don't you guys kinda of feel like they've used their kind of miracle though?
2: No, I'm a Man United fan. We, uh, we went into the Stadio del Alpi behind. Do you support Chelsea? How can you say that one miracle wins you the European Cup? Chelsea had 12 miracles on the way to winning the European <laughs> Cup. No, but, like,
0: <laughs> that, but that that is, like they
2: overcame. Every
1: Chelsea match was, was, was it a miracle. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we were never down like, we, we never needed three goals and like, 10 minutes or whatever it was know, Wait, seven
2: look at the xg of your combined run to, to the final and be like is, opposition teams 100 I, I could three. talk an hour
0: about that year, actually like it, was, <laughs> it, it was like a legit miracle like yeah. i was like we played with 12 people and the 12th person being god like i've said that for, for you <laughs>
2: When Gary Neville said it was written in the stars on commentary, and I'm thinking of anyone in the world who would know what it feels like for it to be written in the stars that your team's going to win the Champions League, I feel like Gary Neville is an actual authority on that subject because he lived through it.
0: But yeah, but like that game particularly, like to win six one, you, can you do that twice? <laughs> no, you can't do it once. It's impossible. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's, the point. That's the point. So I, I'm, I'm saying, like, if Juventus get a decent result. If any team can go to the new Camp and shut them down, I'm saying it's Juventus. But mm-hmm. they're back three, the goalkeeper, and an actual tactician as a manager, instead yeah. of some clown called Emery. So I, 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 it's a really, really good day. And then the
1: next day is, you know, I think Bayern are at home in the first leg. But you know what? This suits Real Madrid a bit because I think Real Madrid are very used to going to the Bernabeu and making something happen. But I just think that that's, the Real, the Real defence is a mess, man. Like, and also, Pepe is injured. I think Pepe's out for the game. But Douglas Costa, I think he's injured. So that's a huge loss. But again, yes, a Champions League is a, is a different game. It's a different beast. And previous things don't matter. But Real Madrid drawing against Atletico, not looking that clinical with their chances. bans freaking lubricating Dortmund. <laughs> Banner coming into the game, stronger frame of mind. But I for me, I, I say 2-1. Two 2-1. One. Two two one. One. I, I think Real Madrid will, will, will get an away goal. Real Madrid are amazing away. They get an away goal. Banner win the game. But yeah, I think Bayern have the edge for the tie. I do yeah, think. Yeah, same, same.
2: I feel so. Uh, I feel like it's so hard to predict the results between the kind of Spanish mega teams and Bayern because we've seen over the last few seasons it's just swung wildly in either direction.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so here's a good question: Which game are you going to watch? So on the 11th, you have Dortmund Monaco, which would be a fun game to watch. And then you have Juventus Barcelona, which is you know the heavyweight match. So I, I'm sure, like football purists, might prefer Dortmund Monaco if they just want to watch like. Oh, yeah, have football. I feel like... have to watch
1: both games like, on my projector I'll probably have UV Barcelona and on my laptop Dortmund thingy so it is possible I mean it's annoying because these are two amazing games but are the same lines, but I can't choose between those two I'm sorry like I can't choose one over the other that's, that's impossible I-, I think Wednesday
2: kind of decides itself that you watch Munich Madrid. Oh
1: yeah,
2: oh yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Leicester because it's oh. not going to happen again. Yeah, just just because like Munich Madrid, I've seen that a few times recently, and that's I'll watch awesome. the highlights and go, oh, well, well, these guys it, yeah, are all have to watch good." Season, but, yeah. No, yeah. Hey, that's, yeah. like,
0: like I would say, like suppose if Leicester go one one nil up, I'm probably
2: switching. <laughs> I think if 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 it was just me, I would probably watch Juventus against Barcelona, really because. I don't end up watching Barcelona as much as I should. And, and then I kind of feel like it feels a shame not to watch Messi when you can watch Messi. Um, but because of work stuff, I feel like United are going to be linked to the entire Monaco and Dortmund squad over the next couple of months. <laughs> so I should probably watch that game. The, the games here start
0: at three. I wish they could do like one game at two, one game at four. And just kind of yeah. like split the difference. That way you can watch both of the same. I think in two years when the rights deals change, there will be back-to-back
1: Champions League games instead yeah, of they, you know, two they, at the they same will, time. You know, so they, They've got to do something. there. I, I think definitely if they just say, look, let's just one game at this time, one game at another time. Because again, like, because I've tried to, you can't legitimately watch two games at the same time. <laughs> you, you're not watching nothing. If they if let's say, you have to look for a break in the game where you know that something's not going to happen, then you just quickly switch. Like if there's like Mm. a foul or the defense team has has possession of the ball and it's in their defense, they can maybe switch, give something a few minutes. So it's very, very difficult. It's very weird. It's very annoying. But there is a way to watch both at the same time.
2: I always feel just like a blurry sense that I've watched football in general. If I do that rather than like it it sometimes happens with the last round of group games in the World Cup, you Mm. end up doing it. But uh, yeah, I just end up with this sense, this kind of general impression that football happened in the room I was in <laughs> rather than the like, <laughs> specifics of the game.
0: Let's get into these questions, guys. This is from Packed Mouse at Packed Mouse. Interesting name. Besides Chelsea, what does each top six club need to win the title and challenge in Europe next season? Um, Arsenal need Jesus.
1: Arsenal <laughs> um, need a new manager That's, that's yeah. the first thing they um, need That's possible man United, Paul That's okay.
2: your department uh, I think that to First of all they need for Mourinho's thing to work You know the Mourinho thing They need him to do it and for it to work <laughs> um, They need a centre-back Like a proper really excellent centre-back Everything else is kind of a luxury, really. They need, they need to be getting the best out of the squad that they've got, but so long as they can get, like, one really superb centre-back. I would say, like, you'd want a, another central midfielder as well. But So, so no hope for the kind of Smalling-Baye oh, I mean Oh, Baye, all the hope in the world. Like, Baye-Rocco is fine, but Smalling would be... Mm, Smalling would be the second player I would sell if I went into the Manchester United job today. First? I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> the, the captain the captain in the, in the previous game. You can't
0: sell him, can you? Oh, oh, Fellaini. I yeah, another club I captain. Rudy. No, I was like, what? He'd be the third. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, okay. As as a person who's used to, like, elite talent being captain or the,
2: the leader on the pitch, Yeah. how old are you, Paul? Old enough I, to, to when watch I'm going to be 40 on Thursday. That's Remember so when cool. I said I lived in Zimbabwe in nineteen
0: eighty
1: seven? You know, you know, I, I still refuse to believe that you're gonna be four. That's just crazy, man. Yeah.
0: I mean, I suppose life I like believe it. I mean, I met you like seven <laughs> months ago, it's so not like I knew his life, you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> I'm not so making it up. You could but... be
0: fifty. I'm like, all right, you said fifty. <laughs> uh, so like you've seen the best basically of Manchester United. How is yes. it like seeing Fellaini where the captain's armband?
2: It's very bad, Daniel. It's very bad. <laughs> very bad indeed. It's a bad, bad, bad thing. I mean, I think it happened for two reasons. One, I think Mourinho sort of fundamentally trusts Fellaini. But I think more important, I think it was just a seniority decision. Fellaini was the player on the pitch who'd been at United the longest, which is incredible to think about. But, yeah, yeah. Same but thing with them with, 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 um, Walcott and Arsenal. Yeah, that, I feel like that's worse. <laughs> no it <isn't>. somehow like <laughs> even though Walker's like a better player but surely a worse kind of you
1: know, yeah yeah you like, know, like you know,
0: know, you know I, I was looking at I was looking at Zlatan in the game yesterday. I was like for Zlatan he 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 was captaining like Angel Di Maria lace Matuidi all these different players at PSG and now Fellaini is his captain. <laughs> I,
2: but I, think, at- I, think, I think actually that speaks to uh. something quite good in Ibrahimovic's character that, you know, Mourinho knows he doesn't have to give Zlatan the captaincy because he is the de facto captain. Like, the look that Zlatan shot uh Fellaini uh, after a misplaced cross an overhit cross was not one of respect for the <laughs> authority of the armband.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> almost like like you don't need to tell Zlatan he's he's in charge. He just yeah. knows it. To win um, the
2: league le- next season, United need uh they need their attack to function better, whether that's a question of Mourinho getting better, best out of his players or whether that is the addition of something like someone like Griezmann and they definitely need a proper center back.
0: You should just play Matt in the number 10 and everything would work. Oh,
2: don't like years of this.
1: He's never played.
0: He's
1: He's, he's never played. I
0: I can't tell you for the past four seasons, maybe.
1: He
2: hasn't played number 10 regularly. He's played at number 10, maybe, maybe 10 times for United. Maybe. I don't think it's that high. He's like Rooney's played there which we can't talk about that. But anyway, so th- this question is lasting forever. So for City, I think I said United need the Mourinho thing to work. I mean, City just need... They probably need a different goalkeeper, even though Guardiola would never do that now. Jesus, um, Jesus, Jesus. City need the Guardiola thing to work as well. They need they need the team to properly buy into it, and and they need to somehow... Get Guardiola to be convinced of the value of defending as a concept
1: like that's, <laughs> Good that's <luck>. yeah. <laughs> which will never happen, man because Guardiola doesn't know doesn't respect to defending, so you know you
0: know I, I think once one humbling season, like this one, even though they'll probably finish in the top four, it might help him out in that sense like like I need to be a bit more rugged,
2: Liverpool, what did Liverpool need like a huge injection of talent in the squad. I, th- I feel like, ironically, even though they're they're going to comfortably make the Champions League places, I think they're the team furthest away from winning the league out of the top six. No, no, sorry. <laughs> Apart from Arsenal, they're the team furthest away from winning the league.
1: No, but we know this. Like, Klopp is going to be giving the biggest transfer budgets ever for a Liverpool manager. I think like 150 million or something in the summer. What does he buy with that? He needs to get Sako back. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, no, no. no so I Sako's performance against Chelsea and his performance today against Arsenal was absolutely exceptional. Like mm-hmm. this guy has actually been low key, low key, low key. One of the best players in the Premier League in the past month or so. Like he's mm-hmm. actually been one of the critical reasons why Palace have been doing so well. Like his defending, top class, top class defending.
0: I, I feel like Liverpool need a, like a, a proper defensive midfielder.
2: I feel like they, they know
1: need... they need defenders, man. Come, they need de- a
2: yeah, de- de- yeah. proper yeah. defender. But they, they could really do with like a banging striker as well. Like, obviously, Mane's great. Um, if they could get Lukaku to travel across Stanley Park, I think that, never was, gonna happen. that would help them a lot. Spurs, I feel like what Spurs need, and maybe a bit more squad depth and a little bit of good fortune, but I, they, they should be ready for a proper title push next season. I have it written down on the side. Like,
0: H doesn't think they can win the league this season. Fair. When next do you think that they can actually win the title? Is it next year? Two years yeah. from now? No, or next is season.
1: Like...
2: Wait, is this is, is, is this Liverpool? Spurs. Spurs? Spurs? I think they can win the league next year. I, I think they can. I don't. I'm not saying I think they're going to. I think Man United are going to. I don't really, but I like saying it. Um, but but they're
1: every area I think was, you know you know, what, you know what they need like let's say if, if everybody's fit the only thing missing from tottenham is character that's it can they do it when though the pressure is 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 really on when the pressure is really fully on can they do it they've I, got the skill they've got the players they've got the manager they've got the consistency but just the character
2: I'd, i don't know i i feel like this is the most character i can remember in a spurs side this is the least spursy spurs i've ever known like, there's this famous <laughs> this famous United story in United Law of um, Roy, it's in Roy Keane's book, he he talks about um Fergie had this incredible knack for team talks, and, like, they were getting ready for a game against Spurs, and Roy Keane was sat there going, oh, God, I hope he doesn't go on for ages today. We all know what we've got to do today. And Fergie just went, lads, it's Tottenham. And that was it. And that was the entire team talk, and <laughs> Keane loved that. But the, uh, but the thing is, you can't say, lads, it's Tottenham anymore. Because they're not. They're something new. They're pochnum. They're they've they've got something. And and I think they haven't really shown a kind of cracking under pressure, lack of character this season. They just weren't consistent enough early in the season, really. And and Chelsea had that astonishing run of consistency. But Spurs are the best of the rest by a mile this season. Um has Messi had
0: a bad season, like people are saying, scored forty three and assisted eighteen. No, he scored forty-three goals. That's not a bad season. <laughs> What's wrong? I, I, with uh, I haven't verified these stats, but uh, supposing Fappuccino has them right, that's not a bad season. Um, yeah,
1: that's that's not a bad season. No, <laughs> <laughs> so. Do
0: left-footed players have more technique than right-footed players?
1: I feel like, um, on
2: average. You could probably get away with more if you're a left-footed player because there's less of them like you're probably more statistically more likely to make it as an elite level footballer by some margin if you're left footed
0: there's a thing in in basketball where left-handed players and this is my opinion right so mm. I don't know if this is statistically proven, but I think because left-handed players look different, people think they're better mm. and i don't I don't know if this is necessarily relatable, but we'll say it anyway. Coaches, when you're like a kid, they don't teach left-handed players how to shoot because coaches are rarely ever left-handed. So they're it, it's always like right-hand dominant theory philosophy example. So left-handed players are kind of left to their own devices in a way of learning how to shoot. And you find that if you're being coached to do something over and over again, you're trying to perfect what somebody else is is saying and doing whereas if you're left to your own devices you can perfect anything if you do it long enough which in my in my estimation makes left-handed players have a better shooting percentage like whenever a left-handed player is at the free throw line I'm like this is going in so i feel like there's a duality between kind of being left on your own because like you kind of have to do it by yourself and also it just looks different because like i think there's like 15% left-handed people in the world or something like that and all and like um, what's the, what's what do they say about artistry? About like how it's in one side of your brain, which means like left-handed people are more oh, yeah, left-handed, left-handed. Like musicians, artists, things of that sort. So,
2: did um did your team win the
0: basketball uh, that you? Were they talking did. About they, last did week? they did. They did. They did. Nice. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm pleased. Oh, I almost died. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, it was the worst game I've ever watched. It like there were seventy-seven possessions in the game. 43 of the 77 were called – there were fouls called by the referee. Wow. Basically half the game was just people going to the free throw line and shooting free throws, which is where I perfected this theory because they have a seven-foot guy named Senek Karnowski, left-handed, and he just made every free throw. I was like, God, miss one. But, yeah, we won. Um, we won on a 9-2 run in the last two minutes and uh, won the game. So
2: your team won the college basketball this year, and your team's going to win the Premier League this year. This has,
0: this has happened before in 2005. Um, North Carolina won, and uh, Chelsea won in 2005. And we won 2009. Kind of 2009 works, because 2009, 2010, Chelsea won. So, yeah, I'm lucky. I wish they'd be more spaced out, that my joy would be like... <laughs> not it. Like if your birthday is in December,
2: it's no good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother's birthday is like a few days after Christmas. I'm like, that sucks. But then like it it was always because he got like two Christmases at once. I was always kind of jealous. Like, what does he get? Two
2: (laughs) batches of gifts. But you're Um, having two sporting Christmases within a month of each other.
0: I know. Life's tough, man. Please rank Gerard, skulls, and Lampard. Oh God!
2: All right, uh, all right. Uh, can we just go in in order? I get to pick first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, Lampard, skulls, Gerard. Come That's on! My list. Come on! The, the, you can you can have a debate about ranking Gerard and Lampard. That's fine. But don't it's... preach to me about. This this
1: Scholes one
0: okay? Like,
1: uh, uh, I would still say without a doubt, skulls at the very top. I would say skulls yes. at the very top. Um, Explain and... how? Explain. Wait, so why I is he better? better? Who is the better central midfielder, or who is the best? It just says, please rank Gerard, skulls, and Lampard. Skulls, Scholes... man. It's it's basically. Don't you dare last, put Lampard last. What the, the key thing of why skulls is the best for me as a central? I. Look at it based on how well do you play the central midfield role. Easily, Scholes is the better central midfielder. As the far as is... passing, um, keeping the ball, possession of the ball, walking the central midfield, the consistency and the mastery of that position in central Just midfield. He can hit diagonal
0: passes from 40 yards like this. no.
1: His short passing
2: was absolutely like on point all the time and it got better and better and better and his kind of his decision making with the ball was like poetic
1: basically as a footballer like oh
2: football no oh football. no i was pulling my
1: hair out of that discussion too football <laughs> is not just about foot and ball <laughs> oh no no okay but you know to be honest, okay uh, you know it's tough man i mean for me out for me i'd have to say you know what i'd have to say schools um schools gerard lampard
2: i can't um i can't even hope (laughs) to be impartial in this conversation lampard obviously had by far the best goals record out of all all three of those but if i was picking a player for a world 11 i'd I'd have skulls especially since i think he probably gelled better with the true he would be a better match for the kind of true elite of the game i I think i'm really sorry daniel but i think i'd have gerard above lampard's on sort of fundamental ability, but there were big flaws in Gerard's game. Like, if he if he could have got over his need to be Roy the Rovers, he would have been a much better footballer. So I don't know. It's 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 close for me those those second two butts goals. But
0: well, you guys have the same list, so I suppose I'm, I'm cancelled out. Like, what what did Gerard win for for a person whose criteria is in order to be a horseman, you have to win a World Cup? <laughs> what what did Gerard win to be above Lampard, who has a Champions League? Three Premier Leagues. Oh, on, you, you, kinda, you pick and it. choose
1: these criterias, man. Are we going to compare who saying who is better. We're not saying you cannot use all oh, trophies and titles as saying who is better. Come on,
0: you do that every week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you do? You do, do, you do that, that
0: every, every week. week.
2: You do. To be fair, do that every week.
0: That <laughs> is a good point. In that, if we want to, you know, stack trophies. Skulls wins. Yeah, oh, Skulls no. is,
2: is like got all the trophies in his bag, and he's falling over because it's so heavy. Like, I think, I think I'm I'm happy to have Lampard above Gerrard, but I'm I'm also I don't also I also don't have strong feelings either way. And also, I feel like this this like asking me to judge whether I prefer I don't know Eric Cantona or Kenny Dalglish. It's like it's, 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 there's only ever going to be one answer. also, also Lampard's a Tory. Like an actual Tory. Not like he likes shopping at you Waitrose. You can't divorce the arts from, the, from <laughs> no. the artist? No, I can't. I find that very difficult. I can't watch the Cosby show anymore. And also Lampard Tory. You can't enjoy Remix to Ignition? <laughs> <laughs> okay, damn it. That is the one weakness in my argument.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the weakness to everybody. Said, like, <laughs> remix to Ignition. Did you know he wrote... Age ain't nothing but a number. And he was in the back of the Aaliyah album. Creep it. like R. Kelly is a particular brand of evil, but uh, his music's too good. Yeah, no, look, uh, I mean, that whole R. Kelly thing, man, that's a bit, you know. All right. How can soccer become the number one sport in America? I don't think that's possible. No,
2: can't happen. It was The only way it could happen is like Trump's reactionary government goes so far that there's a huge swing to welcoming people from all across the world into America. Good thought, Paul. In 50 years, the demographic of the United States isn't
0: going to look like it does now. When I was growing up in Canada, if there was peanut butter, it would say peanut butter, and then it would say peanut butter in French, toilet paper, and then there's toilet paper in French, right? And now it's starting to be in the United States. You have the product name in English, and then it's in Spanish. So I kind of suspect that in the next... 30, 40, 50 years. The Spanish influence in America is going to be greatly
2: increased and people from Latin America tend to like football. There's a kind of interesting cultural history which is that traditionally one of the things that American uh, immigrant communities was kind of different about American immigrant communities versus immigrant communities in other places was that there would be a rush to assimilation so like the Italian New York community didn't hold on to football by and large down the generations. Uh, but I don't think that would apply anymore. Like I, I'm pretty sure that that population of Spanish speaking people would hold on to football much more than the kind of Italian and Irish immigrants. did. Well, and, and, and
0: it's also a case of what you said about Trump is that, exactly, yeah. is that the, the Italians then would have been, they weren't considered American or white until a certain point in history. But there was always that kind of longing to one day we can become America, yeah. right? And then the country kind of accepted you. If the Trump populism wave continues, then there's going to be a distinct barrier between what is and what isn't. And then you can always keep your traditions, so to speak, without losing them in America's sauce, so to speak. So I think football could – this is the way I'm thinking – could become the number one sport depending on demograph. Also, the NFL – I don't know if that, that's going to be around in the same kind of passion or fervor that it will be once people figure out that mashing your head together for an hour isn't great.
2: And baseball's been declining in popularity for like it's decades. Just, it's
0: so long. It doesn't match the culture that we're in. The NBA is like NBA and NFL. Ba- basketball is the sport that would give football a run for its money.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's indoors. You can play it anytime you want. Um, just about anybody can play it. Obviously, there are certain height requirements, but just as from the, being America's number one sport, you can also
2: probably number one. I think there's also would have to be a vast uh, overall improvement in the level of domestic competition because, you know, there's no way the American sporting culture is going to accept a foreign league as the best version sure. of it because it's it's you know that's so alien when you've got NBA NFL even even hockey and baseball you know. That's a
0: good point. The ideal Champions League final from you guys is from Miguel. Manchester wait, United against wait, Bayern Munich in nineteen ninety nine I I think I think he means this season.
2: Yeah no I don't
1: know Juventus
2: Bayern Munich uh Leicester Barcelona <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Um, what? I I want to see Bayern Juventus. So neither of the neither of the Spanish well none of none of the three Spanish teams then.
0: I'm sick of them, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 look. It's a ton. I mean, basically like I don't mean, I I hate all these, get these Spanish teams out. Man. I have it yeah. written down here. Football hipsters.
0: There was a particular guy on the internet who was you know how these people use these weird words Mediocentro I knew you were going to say that one. Chakarista.
2: Like, football doesn't
0: have to be so... Cu- like, it's not that deep,
2: guys. It is, I, um, I don't know. I feel like... I saw a lot of this debate this week, and I kind of feel like... Actually, isn't it really useful to have shorthand terms for... Because, specific- like, central midfielder can mean such different things. Oh, oh we speak English. So, if, if you're having a, f- a football discussion
0: in Italian... Then use Italian words if you're if you're talking about football in Spanish, use the Spanish version. If you're talking about it in English, we have midfielder for a reason, like it's English. So I think people put football on this weird pedestal and then uh, safeguard these weird terms that they learn from Football Manager, and <laughs> they it, it just it's it's a, it's a way to sound smart when you don't necessarily have to be. What is a volante? A what? Like is is that necessary? What is the highest? Ozil is the highest interior. Just say he's an attacking midfielder. <laughs> like maybe attacking midfielder doesn't work with your Twitter allotment, 140 characters, but you can put C-A-M, and everyone knows
2: what that means. It's just people trying to get elitist but, with football, okay. which annoys well, me. It's the not that deep. On, the flip side of that is attacking midfielder means profoundly different things. Like technically. This season, broadly speaking, Anthony Martial has played as an attacking midfielder. But it's a completely different kind of player and position and role in the team from Mesut Ozil. Or, you know, and and even you could say like Juan Mata plays wide on the right. But that's profoundly different from, well, I'm on the Talking Tactics podcast. So I've got to say from Robin, for example. (laughs) You know, so so I don't know. I, I think the rejection of it doesn't sit so easily with me because I I feel like actually football is a very complicated game as well as being a profoundly simple one. Like if you're going to break down and analyze tactics, having shorthand to describe different kinds of roles that happen in the same area of the pitch is potentially quite useful. Although of course, you know, a potential for you to look silly is great as well.
0: do you got any thoughts on this as
1: someone? Um, it's not for me. I think like there are some times when people can get a bit too advanced But I think what Paul Paul's point is right to that Yes, football doesn't need to be that complex, but it's still a, a complicated sport, and tactics is still complicated, but You don't have to overcomplicate things, you know as in, yeah, you do need to define the different kinds of midfielders, the different kinds of strikers, different kinds of defenders. But I think once people get a too lost in the whole, let's have a 10 for this, let's have a 10 for this, let's have, a, have a, another 10 for this. No, let's keep things still within some kind of parameter and boundary. But at the same time, the thing about football, unlike, let's say American sports is that, because the, the way I view football and how I watch it, I watch it based off instincts and a feeling. like. I don't, like, for me, I don't really look into, like, okay, 4 to 3 one formation, this is what the formation is not. I just interpret it instinctually, you know? So you don't need... It's it's, it's a feeling. It's a it's a feeling-based sport, and that is how it's best to analyze that, it's just based off what you feel when you watch it's the to, to, than having Do
0: we have to make this homework? Do I have to look up words for your tweet? <laughs> do I have to have a thesaurus next to me to... Interpret what you're talking about.
2: Like I don't. We're also we're probably talking about 25 terms, maybe 30. Not so. You know, it's not overwhelming to kind of. Like I learned what a Ramdoiter was. I was I was up for it. I was prepared to learn.
0: Like the last word I wanted to learn was
2: Geigenpress. <laughs>
0: Geigenpress. Geigenpress. Geigen, whatever it is, I have a different accent from you guys. That's as far as I'm willing to go. You know. Oh, so you press high? Okay. Like what? I don't need fancy terms for this. Like we already have words. It's just, it annoys me. Um, so you guys got anything else? If not, we can get out of here. This is Talking Tactics podcast. Yup, yup, yup. Uh, you follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. Um, subscribe Some, at the Instagram. iTunes store. Uh, you, all you gotta do is just type in Talking Tactics. We will pop up. Hit subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Give us a share. Um, all you can do is appreciate it. Also, you can follow Paul.
2: Yeah, it's uh, at UTD Rankcast on Twitter. And uh, if you're a United fan and like listening to podcasts, you might like our podcast, which is uh, The Rankcast, which comes out almost every week. Just about. Thank no, you very not much not. for having me. This was a, a, a great pleasure and honour. It was our pleasure. It was always our pleasure, man. You have an open invitation, Paul. Uh, we will see you guys next
0: Tuesday. As always, Sometimes Funny. Sometimes serious, always oh,
1: football. <laughs> Yay! Yay! See you guys
0: next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.